Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is a very, very important one. Uh, one that hopefully will start a conversation and uh, one that will so hopefully incite a lot of change in the industry and, uh, and yeah, be, be a very uh, positive conversation and um, hopefully one that you can take a lot from. So uh, please enjoy it, please uh, listen to it and uh, leave a thoughtful comment maybe or uh, get a response back to Damien or myself um, and share it around and, and make uh, the industry a better place by sharing it around. So um, yeah. Educate yourself by listening, and uh, I'll see you at the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. I mean, there's no formal introduction to the podcast, so I, uh, I'll uh, I'll just say we're recording, and then that's it. As we've sort of been discussing um, over the past, I'll say a couple of weeks, I think. I mean, I think initially you were trying to get me in in July, and um, and then because of the escalation of events, <laughs> with the likes of um, you know, uh, George Floyd, um, the Black Lives Matter movement and, um, and design, it, it, and the post that I posted out on Instagram, it, the sort of 48 hours was like a bit of a, an, a sort of an unusual time because I think the, pro, I think the issue was, was that I think, from what I could see on 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 the Insta- on main social media, was a lot of brands were trying to do the right thing, and um, and I think the intentions were there, but I think on a broad on a broader term, I think they were, I think there were. Uh, uh, to put it bluntly, there were some missteps, and um, yeah. I've um, I've placed a post uh, just about an hour ago on on stories regarding um, you know sort of how brands can do better. It's a, it's an article by Mark Ritson, and um, and he goes into detail about um, about the recent events and. How how the how how the brands have, have have not done need to do better basically. Right. I think that's that's sort of the the sort of the premise of the of the article. You know, the the, the, um, the brands that were showing solidarity um, n- need to do better because there is a lack of um, people from the black and ethnic. Um, Black and ethnic uh, uh, groups that are essentially not on boards, and to actually have to actually say that, and then subsequently put a post on, you know, Blackout Tuesday. It, it, it a lot of people felt a lot of people. Well, some of the black designers that I was talking to felt a little bit um, like it was a bit of a misstep. It wasn't an attack to say this is wrong or you why you know this is hypocrisy. Some some did say that, but essentially, I think there needs to be a an absolute overview on how we sort of deal with um, sort of ethnic minorities within the creative industries because I think it's something that it's. It has been spoken about, 
you get various companies that try to deal with um, sort of trying to get, you know, people in leadership roles who are female, who are BAME, etc. And some of the initiatives are good, but it almost needs like a two point, DNI 2.0. And I think the events that happened in America, um, I think may have acted, acted as a catalyst for that. And I think now we're all enclosed What with, with COVID. We can all have the discussion and say, well, what do we want our creative businesses to look like post-COVID? Now, that's going to be really tricky because, one, some businesses are not going to be there. That's a fact. And two, some businesses, I'm afraid to say it, the diversity and inclusion part of their business is going to fall by the wayside. And I think that is also that is also a problem. So how to balance, how to get, how to become sort of profitable post-COVID as a creative business and also how to increase uh, diversity and awareness um, within those creative businesses. Because at the moment... It feel to me, it feels a little bit like lip service. And I've been guilty of not saying anything within, within um, not so much within the industry, but I would say generally I've, I've, I, I've been quiet. And I do think what happened in the States, I do have family in the States as well, um, gave me the job I needed to actually speak up and, and say what, you know, what was going on. So, so yeah. yeah, that's a sort of intro, you know, the sort of introduction of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a, it's been a, a whirlwind of a week of of people posting everything they can on social media, or, and then some people not posting anything they can, or, or some people posting black squares, and uh, we we can all look at it from from you know, very different angles. But uh, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring you on is is because you know the whole thing has has opened my eyes and made me awake. Uh, for and, and more uh, conscious of it all, and it's something that, as a as a white guy coming into the industry uh, this year, I just, I just, I was just, <laughs> I was just blindly aware, not aware of it. I was just, I was just sort of going along my business, not even considering it, and I felt very, very guilty after what happened. Um, also with the podcast as well, like I, I, was, I think I messaged you about it. 180 episodes and what two two black people on the podcast. It's disgraceful if I'm thinking about it that way. But again, it's, it, for me, it wasn't a conscious effort to not... No, no, this is it. And I think this is where the discussion can, you know, can yeah. start. And I think also it's... Um, it's... The way I look at it, it, it is a start for one. And I think also what, what are the tools and what are, you know... And I think some, some sort of... Um, influences and some black influences have been absolutely brilliant in sending, you know, really, really uncomfortable. But I mean, I posted it on my uh, Instagram uh, Instagram feed. You know, really uncomfortable books to read, um, but it it sparks that conversation. And you know, the the design industry, you know, is guilty of this. You know, you see it, and you, you probably are aware. When you go to um, design events like um, design conferences uh, throughout 
throughout throughout the world. I went to off back in 2018. I don't think I saw one black speaker there. And that's a worry. Um, I believe Timothy Goodman, the, the graphic, well, the muralist graphic designer, has point blank refused to go to, to speak at any conferences. He hasn't spoken at conferences for quite a while. And it was purely because of the lack of diverse voices within the design community. And I think this event might be the jolt that the design community needs. Um, I don't have the answers to it, uh, but I do know that I think you need more voice, not just black voices, fe women, female voices, disability, um, non-binary, um, LGBTQ community, you know, all the whole community, I think, need, you know, it needs to be much more inclusive. And I think if you, and I think it's a problem in design because I think if you see the same faces at these events from Us By Night to Off to FITC to Adobe in, in the States, and you see the same person. So, for instance, you did a tour and you went from all around you know the world and going and going to the US and you see the same people there. I think that that becomes a problem for a couple of reasons. One, it's quite hom homogenized. And two, there's a lack of creativity. In and that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, almost counterintuitive. Yeah, right. It's counterintuitive. You you go to these places, you're looking for creativity. And I'll guarantee you the same one who's going to be at off is probably going to be at somewhere else, and that's that's been the that has been the issue. And I think um, the organisers have got to step up on this. Um, obviously, because of what's happened um, with uh, COVID nineteen, I think, and <laughs> and the recent events. I hope I hope that they can relook at their, their their listings because I think if it's a great I think it's a great opportunity now. I think I think that's a bonus. This this it's it's almost playing with house money in the you know the gambling sort of side of it. Because it's a case of well actually we've got time to reschedule our speakers, you yeah. know, uh, who haven't been heard before. They might be early in their career. You know, I'm I've been doing this for I've been sort of a surface print graphic designer for almost 20 years. But it'd be great to have some young, you know, uh, young voices as well. Because I do find that when you go to these places, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of established designers there, which is great because you need um, you you do need that authoritative figure. But I think having a combination of some younger voices there as well, because at the end of the day, Mark, you are the future. <laughs> and that sounds really corny, but. but, but <laughs> and uh, and you can your I mean this is like almost like live events that are happening now and I think yeah. what I what I tell you what I have been enthused about is during the Black Lives Movements event etc the amount of young people that have been protesting of all races yep and I yep. think it's I mean it should be sort of it's up to everybody but really the You've got more. You've got more years to live. So, in that sense, I think you can really sort of forge a path of 
how do you want the creative industries to work for you in the, in the future? Because I think now, at the moment, it's some companies do sort of use it as a tick box so they don't feel that they get attacked by, you know, sort of um, BAME sort of lobbies. Yeah, well, I'm very, very conscious of, uh, of, of this and not getting black people and minorities on the podcast just to tick that box because that is, that is, in my mind, it's totally wrong. It's just not the right way to do it at all. Um, and I know that. So uh, I've been looking and doing a lot of research this week, um, which I should have, like I said, I should have done a uh, long time ago. But I'm interested. Um, so I'm interested when it's going to change, obviously, uh, when, when we're going to actually see improvements in the industry, how long it will take. Uh, and I think from, like you say, from my generation's point of view, I think when I was speaking to um, a friend of mine who, uh, I, I don't know if I should name him or not, but we you know, shared quite a personal story about, you know, and then he said, um, that, that George Floyd, it, it, that could have been me. And that's, and that really got me. You know, that, that really, uh, it really broke me up because I love that guy so much, uh, uh, this, this friend of mine. And, um, you know, I would have been devastated. And that's, that's where it really hit home and, and made me realise, you know, I need to, we need to, as a community, we need to start thinking about stuff and really start um, being on it. It goes, because I think at university, I think when we're talking about sort of diversity, um, I think it's got to go back, you know, I think it's schools. I think it really needs to be taught in schools on how um, we as a as a nation how 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 we want to sit how we want to sit you know sort of you know and i think the creative industries be it if you know be it in sportswear um or clothing or sort of graphic design agency agency uh work i think i think it's really easy to pick off the best students from from um from graduation, I, th- I I totally get why why they do that, and I think it's because obviously you want you want the best talent, but I I do think I do think we're missing a step because I think we should be tracking a lot of diverse voices and creatives earlier in the process, and I want to mean earlier, probably maybe GCSE to A level, because I think you could I mean you should I don't know whether um 18 year olds will know what they want to do but at least give them the option if they want to go into that industry the option is there so you get diverse people from diverse backgrounds going into those schools and do that i pretty much have had it has a guess that some some companies are doing it already and and i know for a fact that some are but i think it's trying to almost bridge that gap between sort of sixth form college and university and the other caveat to that is is that um, I believe that you didn't go to university. You went to Shillington College. That's correct. I did, yeah. 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 And so almost like creating different pathways into getting to um, the, the, the creative um, career. Because I think there's a big debate about do we, do we, need, do we need to do degrees? There's a, real, there's a real big debate about that. And I hear it quite a lot on your podcast. And I think, Get, you know, I, I, I say have the, you know, there should be options. There should be more multiple pathways. Now, there are so much online courses now. You could probably get away with 
not go, not going to um, university. But the problem is when you apply for those big companies and then they say you need a you know you need a degree, it goes through the HR filter and the HR filter siphons off everybody who hasn't got a degree. And I think that's a more of a structural issue that companies need to look at. And I know the likes of, I think, I believe Google and, and a few other tech brands, um, they employ people who, who don't have degrees. But I think that's something that I think brands generally probably need to look at in the future. Because I think we, we might, be miss, might be missing on a lot of talent. And then that's the thing for sure. Talent and diverse talent as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's clear to me that you don't need a degree to go to a, a, be an amazing creative. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting one. I think I think that will come in time. I think um, I think that you'll see a lot more studios taking on people that haven't got uh, degrees and you know, big organisations you know, like myself. I know Shillington's almost an equivalent, or as it is an equivalent. Um, but yeah, I think I think the shift is changing. People are realizing that you know, just because they don't have a degree, it doesn't mean their work's bad, or doesn't mean that they don't fit the story or the or the square or whatever you need to fit in. Um. Exactly, you know. So, um, so I think yeah, that, and, and that that's another part where you know brands and companies can actually look at and say, well, actually, um, is there a way to actually adjust our lens as a company to focus m- more broadly? more diverse people, uh, more diverse creatives um, within, you know, within the organisation. Do they necessarily yeah. have to have a degree? You know, and, that, and I think that's... it. I think it's the discussion that needs to be had for a lot of companies. But at the moment, I guarantee you that a lot of the companies are probably talking about how to survive within the next 24 months post-COVID because... Like I said, it's a really, really turbulent time at the moment. It's, it's an interesting one and sort of one that I'm excited to get through, right? I'm excited to see if there's anything big that happens or you know, what companies don't make it through as well. That would be an interesting one. Um, uh, I'm probably more excited because I know that I, I might be all right. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what we're talking about here is it feels like uh, we're looking in on ourselves. So... Um, getting companies to look at themselves, look at how they organise themselves and the structure of them. And this week, this, this week, I've been doing a lot of that uh, personally as well. You know, thinking about, um, and I, if, if I'm totally honest, thinking about the prejudices. Prejudices. Oh, I had to say that prejudices. Pre- I can't even say it. Prejudices. Prejudices. Yes. Prejudices. <laughs> I mean, I. Sorry, my yeah. Too many consonants. <laughs> um, yeah, that that come in my family, in my life, and and the 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 ways I've been taught as a child or, or you know, subtle things, um, jokes that are inappropriate that shouldn't be made, but I've, I've, you know, I've, I've not spoken up or I've, uh, they've just been, they've, you know, they've, I can think of many examples of grandparents or, or parents or even myself, like even, even myself, cause I've, I've, you know, we learn from our family, we learn from people we're around and it's passed down. And this is, this is part of the issue I have. I think it's, it's that when, when will it change? Because it's sort of a filtration. It's like a funnel. I think eventually, eventually we'll get to a point where none of that, and we stand up to it, and none of that's 
becomes like a block at the end of the funnel. I know this is a really bad analogy, but no, no, no. Exactly. I think the thing is, I think it's it's a case of you sort of you, you mimic your surroundings, you know, and 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 I think that's natural. That's natural, and I think um, there's that, but also it's the stuff that gets taught in in schools as well. Um, it it's it, it, and a lot of it is is not to do is frankly not to do with sort of the 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 uncomfortable atrocities that has happened um of you know from you know from the you know the UK and i think those um things probably need, you know those things need to be discussed as well you know such as you know the sort of empire you know empire and i know this is going a little bit off topic regarding regarding design but i think it give what what i want it just gives young people a context of why is there you know wh- why is there a sort of um you know a, a predominantly um hindu asian family in one pocket of of the country and why is there a pocket of Afro-Caribbeans in a pocket of London, etc., and it, you know, and it and it actually it tra- it tracks back, it tracks back to to different sort of parts of history, and I think maybe having this discuss, you know, having these discussions is about actually impacting change, impacting change of how we are taught about the difficult histories that this country's, you know. Uh, has because you don't really get you don't really get taught it because it's it's usually if you want to look into sort of you know empire as such I think I think you have to choose it as an elective or something for A level not entirely sure but I pretty much presume that's that may be the yeah. case but essentially what it is is that kids young people get a broad broad thorough education and they can understand the context of what the the actual racial makeup of the UK and I think once that's established I think it's a start it's a start and I think that's the that's probably the um the best way to sort of look at it and then you can start looking at other issues as well you know so yeah it's 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 very it's very um it's very difficult it's supposed to be difficult. That's the thing. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. But if you don't have these conversations, um, us as human beings don't evolve, and that's that is that is a problem. And we certainly don't evolve within the UK. And you know, and for some of the great and not so great things about the UK, it could potentially be incredible. But I think we've got to sort of have a start and have a real look at ourselves and say, are these the companies that I want to work for? Is this the leadership? Don't want to get too political on a design podcast. Is this the leadership we want? Is you know so it's 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 essentially things it's things like that and um, yeah. yeah 
yeah, that's that's sort of you know, like I said, I don't didn't want to, I don't want to make it, I don't want to make it like a, a political podcast because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about um, sort of underrepresentations of, uh, of 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 creators within. I don't think I don't think you can talk about it about sort of making it not not making it political because it's, it's they're, they're they're related and. Um, the reaction we've seen to this uh, on on a higher political level, as in like the people that run the countries, it's been atrocious. It's been it's not what you want from my point of view and many other people's. Uh, whatever way you go, um, I think you've got to be honest, it's, it's been poorly run. I mean, obviously I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but God, it's been terrible. Um, and, and the fact that you know our government hasn't made any comment about it yet about what's No, happened. which I think is really interesting. I mean, yeah, 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 you're right. They, they, they haven't. I did, attack, I did attack them in the post as well, as you probably <laughs> saw. Well, I'm also very aware as well, like you've got the, uh, the Madeleine McCann case being brought up again this week. Like, wait, I, yes, there may be a, uh, a new person found uh, as a suspect, but come on, this is, this is, there's a reason why you're putting that on the news so much. And uh, it's a thirteen-year-old case. I think it's a slight distraction. It is. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It, it, yeah, it is. It is a distraction. I mean, some people don't see it, but I think now. I think now people are starting to see the sort of um, uh, the the sort of basic sham that's going on, and I, and I think it is. It's just. Um, to like what you said, to bring up an old case from many, many years ago. And it's appalling what happened to uh, Madeleine McCann. Absolutely horrific what's happened. But it does seem a bit odd that raising the surface in the news where you've got marches literally everywhere on the globe. It's almost a case of, it, it, is, deliberate, it is deliberate avoidance. It re- it really is, and um, and I know, and I know the news is covering it, but they're almost. I mean, it's almost like they're trying to they're trying to suppress it, and I think that that that's that's a worry. But I think the difference. I think the difference because I'm old enough to remember the Rodney King riots back in '92. The difference between that and this. Is that you saw a you literally saw a man die on on social media, and I think that is the big difference. And I think that's where you've seen the 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 overwhelming response from everybody on 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 this. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's 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 difficult. But but when we have difficult circumstances, we can actually come out of them and. And make a change for the better and a change for the for the good because you need hope. You really, really do need hope. And I think having you know the blacked out tiles. Yes, it's it's a great sentiment, but I think we need you know like what a lot of people have been saying in the posts. Um, the, the the discussion has to continue, and I think um, if you let it if you let it dissolve 
um, we could just fall back into bad habits, which which I don't think any anybody anybody wants because I think there is actually a real real chance for real tangible change and real um, and real positivity. I'm I'm quite positive. It's yeah. been quite it's quite it's been quite negative, and some of the posts I've been putting up has been quite. Oh my God, you know, but, <laughs> you know, everyone, because everyone's been like, what is he going to post today? You know, but apart from the, the social media stuff that I've been posting recently, I'm actually quite optimistic, but I think we can't do it alone. We, we need, um, Rather, one thing I did point out towards, which was a little bit political, is a case of be very careful on who you vote for because that that potential vote could be okay for you in the short term, but it could have a real negative effect on the family uh, two miles away. And they could end up rioting, you know, so that's because they're angry, because they have, you know, but maybe because of cuts of services or you know what have you. So, so yeah, it's it's just making people think more and think better, and that's 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 pretty much all I all I want really, as a um, you know, as a nation. But in terms of cre- creativity, I think um, we need yeah we need we need to do I think. We need to do better, and we need to think more about it. And I know it's—I know it's hard. I really do know it's hard because when you, when you're absolutely under the cosh at work, um, you're you're trying to do you know do this, do that. And I know because I'm in it, not currently at the moment, but I'm in you know I'm in it, and it's it's really difficult. But I think now there's a really really good opportunity to to actually make make that difference yeah and i'm very hopeful too i mean we've seen my generation um it's, it's much 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 more open-minded than my parents and that's just so clear to me it's it's, it's very very give me a lot of hope and, and especially on social media this week even the people that are posting um more and uh what i would call the right stuff um and having a conversation around things they've more been my generation and, it, and it's so encouraging to see that um, that hasn't trickled down as far as the, us as much, and um, yeah, so I'm very very optimistic for the future. Yeah, I think the thing is 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 just even if you come away with, and you're talking to someone and you haven't you haven't convinced them, just even having the conversation to start, because I think if you don't, I think it, it, people the problem is you you have an echo chamber, and that's. In a way, that's what I don't want. You know, you don't want... Because I think the thing is, you, us designers, we're quite simple. Sort of, although we're quite creative and very different, etc. I think sometimes we can be quite... We like our safe spaces. And, and, that, and, and the problem... And that's sort you know, and having what's going on is a, probably a, a little bit of a disruptor. And having... The, the discussion about race with certainly within design is is probably is a, is a good way to actually sort of 
almost disrupt the status quo. I know that there there are um, direct, you know, design directors, um, as we talked about um, on 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 the chat, you know, like um, Eddie O'Para, who's who I think used to be the lead graphic designer for Imaginary Forces and um, um, Pentagram, and then you've got the likes of you know the fashion designers Virgil Abloh and what Olivier Roost. Uh, rousting but I find that that's pretty much the exception rather than the rule um, but it's a case of again going back to those schools and actually saying to those that diverse community of kids and saying well actually there's a career for you if you want it but it's not easy you know it's net you know it's net it's not an e- it's not an e- it's not an easy um, career to get into but us as creatives should be welcoming everybody. It, it's it's it, it's our, you know it's sort of our duty and our right, and to actually share share our 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 ideas and our recipes as well. Because I have noticed within the design community that it's quite it, people people are very reluctant to sort of show their techniques. <laughs> um, yeah, it does get that way. Yeah, it's very very much like that. But I think it's I think now we should be trying to actually be a little bit more. A little bit more open and a little bit more transparent, and I do think it will, you know, because it might, because the benefit for that is, is that you might get, in in the best possible way, you, you might get better, better, des, you know, better designed roads for a start. You might get better, better architecture, better public housing, better, um, better hospitals. You know, um, it, it design can is. A really, really force for good, and I think sometimes as us as designers, we forget that we really, really do. And I think if we can tell the younger generation that that it can be a force, force for good, you know, they'll they'll be coming in their in their droves. Problem is, is that is there going to be enough jobs there for them? But that said, that said, if it can, you know, you can create. You know, sort of, you know, a better, you know, better, because now they're talking, you know, because because of COVID, again, more people are cycling. We need an, inf- we need a, a better designed infrastructure with regards to roads. That's going to need graphic design because of wayfinding systems. That's going to need town planning. That's, go- you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost a clean slate. You know, so the way to look at it is, is, is super positive. And I think it could, you know, it could, yeah, it could be really, it could be really, really exciting within the next sort of, you know, three, three to five years. Don't get me wrong; it's going to be incredibly turbulent, you know, between now and twenty twenty two. I mean, you know, it, it's looking incredibly likely that we're going into a recession. I think we are in a recession actually because of you know, there's no one's been spending anything. But I think it, it like I said before. It's a really, really good opportunity for um, to almost reset and change and change for the better and have a healthier country as well. Yeah, I, I mean, say healthy. Do you mean like fitness-wise? Because <laughs> I'm, I mean, I've, I've been running and I hate running because uh, I can't go to a gym. The only thing I can do is run. <laughs> I, well, I could do press-ups and stuff, but 
yeah, and I'd be interested to see how many people carry it on or how many people will come back a lot thinner and uh, come into their office and be like, wow, who's that? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, I cycle stuff. to work. Um, I mean, I... Yeah, it's a 12-mile yeah, sort of round trip. And uh, I do that sort of four, four to five times a week. Obviously not now because of, because of COVID. But, but yeah, that's... I mean, I've been cycling for years. It'd be great if loads more people do it. I mean, I'll be a little bit cheesed up because there'll be like <laughs> loads of people on the bus lane. I'll be like, ooh, this used to be empty before. But, but, but it, would be, it would be great. I mean, I love cities like Copenhagen. Copenhagen's a wonderful city where you've got, you know, they had an infrastructure that was built in years and years ago. But if we can even do something like that, even, um, um, not so much, in, you know, in London, but other, other cities like even where I live in Nottingham or... Um, Sheffield or Manchester or you know Leeds you know it'd be fantastic because I think it would really really one they'll be healthier two there'd be less cars on the road and yeah people and people's mental health would be better as well you know so I think it's a win-win it's uh it's gonna be interesting that's for sure when we come out of this and see 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 what's changed but uh I want to bring this conversation um to its basics and uh, if, if you don't mind and, and really ask some some questions that should be obvious um, but but in order to change I think people need to understand the basics and understand the obvious stuff uh, and by talking about it here I think we can do that um, so I mean this is this is the basic of a basic question is why is diverse not why is the current standard of the industry and not having diversity in the industry an issue so sorry, could you repeat the question? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. So, why is why is not having enough diversity in the industry like it is now an issue? I know it's a it's a complete basic one. Oh right, why why is lack of diversity an issue? Um, yeah, it's an echo chamber. Quite simply, that's that's all it is. It's a, it's an echo chamber because you 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 get if take take for instance the hiring 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 process where. As I don't know, as an example, where you've got someone who is similar to you, similar backgrounds, maybe from a similar area, subconsciously, not intentionally, but subconsciously, they talk about subconscious, you know, unconscious bias. Yeah, you're going to go with that that person rather than maybe the fe- you know the female designer who lives uh, i don't know in Scotland or maybe the um black designer that lives in Wales because it's it's not the, the person who's hiring it's not to do with the race it's more to do with bias unconscious bias and almost comfortability it's almost like oh this person's a bit similar to me i'll hire them and uh, and it, it's it's not intentionally racist to do that at all. It's not. And I think comp- some companies are recognising that unconscious bias. Some companies have actually actually have, have, have done the work. There's some companies that are a bit behind. There's some companies that are, um, uh, I would say, in golf terms, par. <laughs> uh, but it's a terrible analogy. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, it's... It's that, and I think it's a case of 
when you're interviewing, you know, have a diverse panel, you know, you know, have a diverse, have a diverse panel who's actually interviewing for a start, because I think that, and change it up, you know, each time who's interviewed that person, well, that person, um, you know, and I know some of them are in and out, but yeah, yeah, it's, you know, having, having, having those discussions and finding out who, who is best for, I'm not saying who is best for the job because sometimes, you know, but I think it's who is best for the job? Where are the gaps? Where are the underrepresented gaps? I think that, and then and that sounds like um, almost like design, you know, quote, it sounds like quotas. And I suppose it is, but I think you need to start somewhere in that sense. But I think it's a case of looking who the person is, looking at the attributes, looking whether they can do most people can actually do the work. You'll find you'll find that. Mm. Um, that 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 apply. I mean, I some people may disagree with me, but most people can do it. It's whether they can actually fit in within the organization. But I think if you've got an organization which is completely white and you're trying to um then include someone of a person of colour into there. It's it's a bit tricky because I think you you the 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 the, the group need to sort of almost be well you know well you know welcoming. I, I'm I'm not saying that everyone should have to sort of do that, but I think the problem is is that it's you need you you it just needs to it just needs to be a little bit more sort of diverse and collective. But yeah, it's unconscious bias. At the end of the yeah. day, I know gone round the bend, you know. About <laughs> no, you, you've you've covered that very well. I think, uh, it, uh, yeah. Like I say, I always go back to myself because obviously that's, that's the point of view I'm looking at things from. Um, with the podcast, unconscious bias, it's been it's been a huge, uh, huge thing for just just for talking to people and just just thinking, oh, I like their work, and then um, I'll get them on the podcast, and it just turns out the, this way, but. Um, I'm not trying to cover myself there. I know it's a, I know it's a, it's an issue, and I'm I'm working on changing that. Um, but, but the, yeah, I mean the reason the reason why it's important to have uh, diversity in the industries and and in in the industry and different uh, studios and and, art and agencies is there's loads of reasons. But a couple that come off the top of my head is diversity also brings different ideas. It brings different people and backgrounds together uh, uh, that's one of the main things for me I mean yeah. different um, ideas broadcaster Reggie Yates said something really interesting um, his podcast is brilliant by the way I think he's having a bit of time off on there but it's a really really good it's a really really good listen um, yeah it's been on my watch list for a while yeah, yeah it's really good it's very funny it's a bit blokey but it's very funny <laughs> but he says something really interesting he says you know, you could have diversity. You could have, you know, you know, guy from West Africa who's born in the UK. You can have that, but it's diversity of thought. That's the key. that's really the key thing. It's diversity of thought, and that might manifest itself from, you know, a white working class designer from Wales. That could be, you know, it could be anywhere. And I think that's because we could be missing the point here in terms of diversity because we say, oh, because it's aesthetic. And right. background. This is it. It's about. Yeah. It's about. It's, it is about background and um, um, unrepresentatives. 
within the design industry, but it's also diversity of thought. That person who may be a middle-class kid who's black, completely different background from uh, a a white working-class kid um, in another area. So you do, because at the moment, I have noticed, and this is probably to do with fees, that a lot of graduates are really, really middle-class because they have got the back, they have got the money to actually do what they need to do to actually go through degrees. And it, that is, again, you know, diversity of thought, but not diversity of thought, but that's where it needs to change because I think you are getting the sort of same, in a way, almost like the same designer. So it's, you do, you do, you do, and I, I do think once the fees had been, um, I think it was Tony Blair, I think that um, seized the fees for students. Uh, not seize the fees, but introduce student fees or student loans. I think once that was in there from, I think you had to charge, I think it's 2,000 per, 2000 per year, which seems a very long time ago. But I, you, you do, yeah, yeah. I think if you go to a really, really top, top ranked university, um, art college, Central St. Martins, Kingston, Northumbria, et cetera, you know, chances are that your background's probably going to be middle class and you're probably going to be white. That's, that is the, that, that, really is the 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 sort of the crux of it and if you're maybe from a different maybe somehow you do get in through the back door but it's nine times out of ten nine times out of ten it it does it doesn't it's not like that and i think that's that's some and again it's a hiring process that's it's something that needs needs to change as well yeah but that's just you saying that it's not the aesthetic, it's what the aesthetic brings. That's really made something click in my mind. I really like that. That's a really... Because it's. I think it's just easy, because I can imagine it now. You know, everyone, post-COVID, everyone's back, everyone's ready to go. Right, diversity. John, you know, you, you can imagine, almost like part, Alan Partridge. It could, you could have a scenario like that, but, but you... But really, I think people across the table need, from all different facets of the company need to talk and just be honest and just have those conversations and say, well, who are, who are, who, you know, junior, who are, who are we getting in? Who, 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 who's that? Okay. You know, and, and I think, yeah, we, we do need, we do need diverse, diverse backgrounds. And it's not just, it's not just about, um, you know, black and ethnic minorities. It is a part because that's pretty much what we're talking about today. But I do think, I do think from, you know, working class backgrounds, you really, you, you, it's very hard. It's very, it's, if you look, if you really dial it, dial it in, you look at the finances, chances are that more likely probably wouldn't, would probably be put off at maybe sort of 16. Oh, I've got to do a degree. God, how much is that going to cost? Nine grand a year. Right, okay. And I've got to get a laptop. All right, I've got to get that, you know, and it's sort of building, building. And I know you don't have to pay the loans back straight away, but it's, if you're from a working class background, it makes such a, it it, it makes, psychologically, it's really, really difficult. It's really. 100% I get that. And, and, you know, I'm, I, to be honest, I'm not so sure if I'm working class or middle class. I'm probably middle class for that. <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> having that privilege of not knowing. Um, 
yeah. So I think I think that's, that's a big and that was a big factor in my decision not to go to university. I mean, probably the only one. I mean, and I, and I thought that it was, took three years as well. I think it was a time thing as well. But uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think it's it's going to be a, a big shift. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say about uh, mentors and sort of leaders and role models in the industry. I think not having like, like we talked about the uh, the conferences, not having these people that you know minorities can look up to, and that's that's an issue in itself i mean it's not seeing yourself in in someone and we talked about some subconscious uh, bias of, of having uh, hype when hiring but the other way around is just the same if you're not looking at the industry and thinking okay well i, I like him he's a role model he's a design legend he is me i can see myself in him like i do that with i can do that with everyone that's up there at the moment and that's a huge privilege and um yeah and we need we need more more of those role models to be promote because there's so many good designers from minorities out there and even the word minorities is it just feels it, it feels like well obviously that needs to be changed this is the this is the the, the, the discussion you know that design blogs and design blogs throughout the world should be having now you know if you know simultaneously there are loads of conversations throughout throughout the world globally are doing this it's it's great because I think again it's it's have it's you know it's having that chat having those really difficult chats about you know um, how how you want to see you know that how you want to see creativity in the future and I think like I touched upon before um, the if you if you're a young if, if you're a young black kid and you're going to those events, I think you need to, you know, it's that whole thing, you need to see it to do it. I know so, and for me, I'm a bit different because I'm weird, you know. You know. <laughs> but for me, growing up, um, two people, two design, one artist and one designer really influenced me. Neville Brody, who's from London, and from the punk scene as well. Um, saw it, I, 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 I watched a programme, this was in, when I was doing my media studies course, when I was 17, when he was designing for the Face magazine, which is now defunct, <laughs> it was no, no longer, and Arena, which is no longer as well. You know, I remember that, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. This, this, yeah. this, 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 this is great. And he pretty much, carved a career out for himself and yeah but he, you know he he's white from from i think hornsey in north london you know so sometimes you don't need sometimes you you don't need that but i do think for some you might need i think you do need see it if you if you see it or see person him or her who looks like this sort of t- t- typical similar hue to yourself i think it it just makes it a little bit more tangible. Yeah, no, I think more people uh, travel down that road. I think more people um, act that way, and, and not everyone is, uh, not everyone is someone that wants to break the mold and um, and take the harder path of not seeing a role model. Uh, and maybe they're the people that sort of stick out a bit more, maybe, but uh, and sort of come to the forefront and really make an impact. But um, yeah, I mean, th- th- that's crazy to me that you learned about Neville, Neville Brody or, or found him in a younger age because they were still teaching. I mean, I know he's an amazing designer and I, I'm not trying to discredit him, but 
Um, and I would love to chat with him on the podcast if he's listening. But um, we learn about him in in graphic design. How how has nothing changed? How are we not looking at different people? With, with, exactly. That's it. That, that, that I think that might be the problem. You know, and I think maybe now it should be. You know, we should probably be looking at maybe different. You know. Sort of di- different design. I mean, the other the other person I, I was going to reference was Bridget Riley, um, the op artist. You know, I'm, at, I'm an absolute diehard fan of her work. Um, but but yeah, that it's almost like it's repetitive. Almost taught the same same stuff. And I think now we're living in a multi-screen environment. I think the way we teach probably needs to change. And it needs to be reflective on what's going on outside. So it might mean a a completely new design, you know, new designer that is, you know, that is referenced upon. This is this is sorry to cut you off. This this is um this is exactly why I like Shillington and and another reason why I wanted to go down this <laughs> a minute ago when I said uh, there's only one reason why I didn't go to university. I'm thinking of all these reasons now, but um yeah, there's another reason why I didn't want to go to university because. There's typically some university teachers that aren't current, and that made that was a real big thing for me. I know a lot of the university student teachers are, um, are you know, are working graphic designers or uh, are up to date with things. But there's also a lot of people that aren't, and that is an issue. Um, and then that's the people that are teaching the same things that you were getting taught or, or you were learning about. And then it's repetitive, right? And it, I think it's clicking for me. You know, I think it's clicking. But um, that was twenty. I mean, the thing is, that was. I mean, well, I went to you, it's 20 years ago, and they're teaching the same stuff. And you just think, what, I, really? You know. And I know my, my uh, co-host, um, who's busy moving house right now, so she can't be on the podcast, but she's um, she's, she's teaching the teachers, uh, and that's scary. Like When the student knows more about Photoshop than the teachers, or about the illustrator than the teachers. Um, and we were, like, we were learning um, Coral Draw. That's Right? Yeah, exactly. And it's only till I went to Shillington I realised, oh, this is a new way of teaching. And I'm bigging up to Shillington because they're, you know, they're fantastic and I'm sure they'll get a lot of love from this podcast, hopefully. Um, uh, there's a new way of teaching. They're, they're, they're teachers are current graphic designers and practising graphic designers and they only employ people that are doing it at the same time. And it's it's so refreshing. Honestly, it's, it's such a... And maybe because they're in big cities as well. You know, it was in London. Um, there's a lot more, there's a lot of diversity in, in the class itself. We had a 60-year-old Japanese lady Six-year-old, six-year-old Japanese lady wanting to learn something new. How incredible is that? That's what you want. That's yeah. exactly exactly yeah. That that that's exactly what. Um, again, that's diversity, Japanese, and of thoughts as well, because it'd be complete from a completely Age different. Style, yeah. So so yeah, it's um, yeah. I do hear a lot of those university lecturers who have been there for a long time. They're usually former designers. And I'm afraid to say it, not all of them. Yeah. But I had a conversation on Zoom the other day with, um, with a, a friend of mine who runs a, um, uh, a sort of CAD workshop, basically plugging the gaps from graduates who have graduated and then want a little bit of a freshen up in Adobe Illustrator for fashion. Okay. Nice. Someone, someone said to uh, someone said to her, "I'm not going to name who it is because I know them." 
He said, yeah, we go here to retire. <laughs> right. And that, was, and that is somebody I know who said that. And I just thought, hmm. And you're at a big university as well, and, you're, and you've just said that. I think this is an issue. I mean, obviously, it's an issue, but I think there's a it's an issue with people not realizing. It goes back to the subconscious of um, they're not realizing the importance of their job. And I think I had that with the podcast, and I think many other design podcasts are feeling this or not feeling it and need to feel it. Um, <clears throat> they we we don't realize how much of an impact we're making in the industry by talking and having a platform. And teachers maybe don't realize as much as they should do. Of actually, they need to be a bit more aware and have an understanding of how their job impacts younger creators and the next generation coming through. Yeah, it's the way I look at it is that we're custodians, you know, the old, the older designers, younger, the older design, we're like custodians. We're not, we're just, we, it's almost like it's, ob, it's, it should be an obligation to up on certain trends and to impart that knowledge onto the, the new up-and-coming designers and being current as well. Reading those articles um, and being up-to-date. I know some can't because I've got kids and, and it's really, really difficult, and I get that, but you are not doing your job if you are clocking in, just, just doing enough for the syllabus and then having a pint on a Friday night. Hey, like you can't, you know, you know, and I've seen it. I've seen us because I used to teach, I used to teach as well. I, t- I taught for two years in my, in my sort of like sort of late twenties, early thirties. And yeah, there was a lot. I mean, back then there was a big drinking culture in, in, in sort of teaching, you know, you'd go, I mean, there was one, um, one person who would, um, you know, have a liquid lunch. Wow. Yeah. I mean, those were, that, that was a long time ago, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was a different, it's a different era, but, but yeah, you can't just like sort of do, just do the stuff and then, and then, and then, you know, oh, right, that's my, you know, teach them the bare minimum and they can find out for themselves and they, they can go. Up. I know students, I've got a need to do that sort of independent learning. Um, and that's really important, but I think if they see you doing it as well in your, in your independent practice, it's better because it makes you become, it makes the person who's teaching become a better teacher. So. Oh, I want to mention a friend of mine who's uh, called Gio Law and a lot of people that are listening to this um, will will know who he is and and will be a mentee of his. Um, He's he's a fantastic guy. He's, a, he's, a, he's an illustrator, a really talented illustrator, worked with some amazing clients, and, um, uh, and I think he's a, the perfect role model for this sort of thing. He, he teaches at Sheffield uh, Hallam, I believe it is, but maybe the other one, I think it's Hallam. Um, and you know, he, he's doing so much outside of just the teaching. Uh, he's, he's getting people in for internships, he's, he's you know, giving them guidance on pricing, giving them guidance on contracts, and just so much more than just being a teacher just telling them what to do he's giving them a, a, a pathway into the industry like really really um uh really doing more than he, he, he needs to and it's, it's fantastic and i think more people should be or need to strive for that level um in order to make another impact but um, yeah well done geo if, if you're listening <laughs> um, yeah 
Um, I've made a load of notes, but I think we've touched upon more already. already so, so yeah. Well, you did mention you had um, figures and stuff. Yeah, I did actually. I thought this was interesting. This was from um, the uh, the Design Council, and it says uh, it says here that eighty seven point seven percent of designers are white ethnicity. Um, really. 13% are from an ethnic background, but of that, 7.3% are Asian and 1.4% are from African Caribbean origin. Now, this was data that was, this is, you can, this is for everybody. This is on the Design Council website. You can go in, you can have a look. It's there. Um, quite stark figures, actually. Um, but I think it's, and I think for management, it's even le it's even less for the um, uh, for the studios and things. Yeah, for uh, ethnic ethnic minorities as well. So, so yeah, it just in I mean, this is twenty eighteen. It just indicates that there's work to be done, you know, and I think. <laughs> that's an understatement, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's an un work to be done. It's an understatement, but yeah, it just just shows that there there is there is work to be done on on that. Um, say, say that again one more time. Eighty seven, eighty eight percent. Yeah, eighty seven point seven percent. So maybe eighty eight. Yeah. So and then of that, thirty percent ethnic background. Some of and of that, seven point three percent Asian uh, ethnicity and one point four percent African Caribbean. So it's, but that's about that's about right. When you when I when I go when when I'm at work, actually, that's about when you sort of look at the figures and most jobs I've been in, I've been the only um, uh, black designer in in the throughout the twenty years that I've been in the uh, industry. I've been the only black designer. Um, there's been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did freelance for a bit as well, but yeah, mainly it's it's that's that's you know, yeah, stats don't lie. Yeah, that's shocking. That's that's. I mean, there's no words. Everyone listening to this should know that that's just just wrong. Um, and for the reasons we discussed in the podcast as well, it's not just wrong because it's a big number. Like there's so many, so much, so much deeper. Um, yeah, uh, it's. I think it, 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 there's, a, there's a whole host of things, the reason why those figures are, are like that. It'd be interesting to get the 2020 figures, actually. It'd be interesting to get the figures in 2021 because we, again, because of the backdrop that we're in at the moment, um, that it'd be interesting to see what design agencies and what brands and companies actually survive. Yeah. Yeah, and which one? Yeah, which ones go out? Um, I I like to if you if you still got a bit of time to discuss like your your verse personal uh, experiences in the industry. Uh, um, overall, good. Um, I've worked for some great. I've worked in the past with some really really great people. Um, some great great leaders. Um. Great directors, some really, really good um, creative directors. 
um, some innovative as well who um, push it, you know, make it uncomfortable, push you out of that, 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 um, you know, that sort of comfortable space. Um, yeah, overall, it, it's, it's been good, but I do find as a black designer, this, and this is really important, is that um, being the only one, it, it all, I mean, in, on some cases, and this is, this is purely my personal opinion and not um, directed at any of the companies that I've worked for, but this is an overall, overall, it feels like I have been invited to the party, but not at the top table. That's throughout my 20 year career, that as sort of what it's felt like. And I think that's the reason why you get a lot of black designers that go either independent or try and start their own agencies. Because maybe they've not been given that opportunity to um, go step a bit further into, into management. There probably has, there has been, I have a, at the 20 years I've had one creative director who has, who, who, who is black. Um, yeah, that's shocking. That's... And, um, but that, that's overall, I've, 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 I've been incredibly lucky. There have been some designers who, who haven't been lucky, who, who were white. You know, it, dep it depends what industry that, uh, all, so much industry. Um, I would say it depends what sort of companies and brands you work for. But I wholeheartedly would say I've been incredibly lucky. But the caveat to that is, is that I've only been invited. Uh, but it's not, yeah, not to sort of throw too many analogies about. Yeah, I've only been invited so far in. And that's, that's, that's the thing. And I don't, it could be my ability as a designer, but the fact that we have a low representative within the um, uh, ethnic community in, in sort of maybe managerial roles, that's, that's, um, and it, you know, that, that's an issue, which is the reason why we're, we're, we're having this chat tonight. Um, but, I did, you know, I'm, I like, you know, I've always loved designing, but, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to get other graphic, graphic designers or other print, you know, other designers uh, from uh, BAME backgrounds, their take, because that's my personal experience. Another one might be completely different. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I talking to my my friend um, on on Monday about this, and again, he put he put it to me so clearly. Like, it, having that, um, having an interview in a design studio or agency, and then walking away not knowing, that you, uh, uh, eventually finding out like, you didn't get the job, and then wondering why you didn't get the job, and your skin color being a part of that, like wondering why you, if you didn't get it because of your skin color. I can't imagine the feeling. Yeah, that because it does play. Yeah. That does sort of, that's the real difference between being a black designer and being a designer who, who, is, who is white, is that you will always think that, you will always think that, because what you do 
there are certain things maybe uh, black designers do when they enter an off or a company. You look around to see if there's anybody that looks like you, because that's the first. That's the first thing. You you honestly do do that. If they don't, or if they say they don't, I think they're lying. Personally, but um, yeah, you do do that. And again, it's someone who's not black. That's good. You, you just you just walk in. You're a bit nervous. That's it. Multiply that layer by about two or three, because you got that. Oh, how many black people? How many? Is there any black or Asian or Japanese or Chinese people that work here? You know, you, you do that sort of look, and then you, and then you think, oh, am I actually going to be like? Am I going to like the person who's interviewing me? So there's an added layer of thought that goes through when you go through the interview process. I don't know whether that happens to any other black designers, but I know for a fact that when I've been going for, um, when I've gone for interviews in the past, that's, that's been my thought, you know? And again, that's, you know, that's a sort of, that might be quite difficult for some people to, to listen to. Well, I hope it is, because that's realising, right? That's the realisation. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I can't. I, it's nothing that will fix that right now. I mean, I, I, hopefully, this conversation. Yeah, it's this is you know this is the the these are the um, conversations that um, that people you know. I mean, um, oh, there's there's so. I mean, actually, if you go on into there are so much good. There's so much stuff out there at the moment um with different voices and opinions etc uh yeah there's loads of really really good podcasts on um certainly about this week but um but yeah I, and oh yeah I'll, I'll add another thing to that as well um a lot of the jobs that i've gone for have been outside of london so like that's magnified so there's less less ethnic minorities outside of London as well. So that's another sort of magnified sort of... But I've sort of managed to sort of have a career in what I do outside of London. So I'm not saying if I can do it, everybody can do it, but I've managed to do it, you know. So so in that in that sense. But yeah, like, yeah, like I said, there's the diversity of quota in, in London is probably skewed a little bit higher because it's so multicultural. But I think when you get out of London, it's very, very different. Really, it's really different. And, um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it, again, it, you've got to look at the data. You've got to look at, well, how many, you know, how many people actually want to move to that particular location or how many ethnic minorities live in the location where the job is, etc. So there's all manner of things that, um, that could be a reason why that, a particular brand or company doesn't have many ethnic minorities in their in their workplace, but yeah, that's that's sort of that's sort of where where it is at the moment, you know. Yeah, I, I was just telling, having these conversations again with friends, and um, I for for me, I mean, coming 
I don't know if it is the most affluent place in the county in the country, but Surrey. Surrey or Sussex, I would say. Yeah, and so this is where I'm very, very fortunate to grow up. Very, very fortunate to, you know, to be a white guy in Surrey, uh, where everyone is looking the same, and there's no, I can walk down the street or go for a run without being judged. And until, I mean, at school, you know, everyone knew, everyone knew the black kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, totally. I, uh, and uh, you know, he's a nice guy, but uh, yeah, it's it's just so until you get out of the little bubble that everyone you're in, and and you might not realise that you might be in the bubble right now, and people listening, until you step outside of of where you are and and start talking to people and realising and um, opening yourself up, you're just it's going to be the same. And uh, like we talked about with the, with the with the teachers not looking at the current stuff or not being aware of of uh, I think this is it. I think the aware, I think it's awareness awareness of, of yeah yeah absolutely. I mean, by the way, I I run round where I live quite a lot, and people know. Oh, he does park run up the road, so I'm sort of no, I'm sort of known to getting up in the morning, like trying to trying to get my run in before. Before the day, before the day sort of starts, but but yeah, yeah. What do you do? Do you do a, do you do a five k or, or I try to run? I've been quite slack this week, but I usually try and run five k um, twice a week, and nice. then I. What sort of times you on? Oh god, oh, I can't do that. And, <laughs> well, one for, <laughs> one, they're incredibly steep hills for a start. Right. The excuse is to come in now. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, about the thirty thirty one times. That, no, no, on 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 climbs. So if it's that's a flat, you're probably looking at maybe. Um, I did a flat last year, and that was 28. Yeah, low 28. So nice. I'm all right. That's good. I'm all right. I mean, you know, it keeps me fit, and that's the that's the main thing. And you know, and obviously I cycle as well. So so yeah, nice. and that's another. That's a you know away from the dive. It, that's another tip I think designers really need to do is keep fit. You really, oh, yeah. really, you really, really, really do need to keep fit. It's really important. Yeah, this is something I bang on about on the podcast a lot. Um, obviously, having grown up playing football and, and sports all my life, uh, and now you know trying different sports out, and, and even even working from home, I've noticed the difference in my posture and my chair. Uh, this this chair is terrible for me, and I'm I'm looking at buying a new one, investing in a new one, and um, one of those ergonomic ones that cost loads of money. Yeah, uh, um, the guy <laughs> that you had last week, uh, forgotten his um, Ibby. Ibby, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has an amazing. I kept to look throughout that whole interview. I just kept on looking at his chair. It was. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really, really good idea because you're on it all the time. If you're working, you know, he, yeah. uh, I like, I like his rationale, you know, because it was a case of, well, it's an investment. All right, it is incredibly expensive, but you know, at least I'm not going to have a, a dodgy back at the end of the day. Yeah, and and it's a big trade-off, especially when you're, you're 22 and you don't have much money. But um, I think this money, and I'm thinking oh, I'll be all right. But but working at the office has been lovely. You know, it's big big chair you actually can sit perfectly in and put your feet up a little bit. But um, but yeah, this this little thing needs to go. Unfortunately, um, I've loved it, but it needs to go. <laughs> Even things like uh, standing desks. I think if I my so my my long-term goal, I guess, is probably to 
owning some sort of sports design studio or something. That's what I'm thinking at the moment. Those big young guy dreams, you know, trying to, trying to think about something. Um, but yeah, we all have standing desks. I always try and picture it like, <laughs> it sounds so silly, like visualising picture like what my dream design studio would be and like scroll Pinterest for <laughs> amazing design studio layouts. Or it may be. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know whether you, whether you have actually watched um, Abstract the Art Design with uh, oh, yeah. Tinker Hatfield, where he's in that Nike Nike lab and he's pulling out all the all the sort of components for you know for the um, for the hover shoe, which was in uh, Back mm. to the Future. And yeah, I know that, and and I actually worked with a, a designer who worked with Tinker, and it's like like a mad, it's like a mad <laughs> genius, and like the area was just. Like a sort of creative mess, but she absolutely loved working there. But uh, yeah, that was yeah. She said it was at that time. It was almost like the dream job. Yeah, that's so good. I need to watch that series again. It's uh, I'm actually meant to be chatting to Paula show on Monday, so hopefully. Uh, that's an incredible um, coup. That because you've chatted to her before, haven't you? Yeah, so I did a I did a podcast um, almost similar to this, I guess, where we and I, I did it too young. Um, as in, like, I wasn't experienced enough in podcasting. I didn't understand how to properly take on a conversation. Plus, the added pressure of it being Paula Scher. But, uh, it, yeah, I, I, we did a podcast about women in design. And, um, yeah, I, I can't remember the podcast. I don't think I've watched it all the way through again. But I, know, I remember the audio not being great. And I remember um, me not being as confident and, and um, as, as I'd liked. But I think, I remember she, she made some really good points. But I wanted it to be more like this, where it's conversation. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a she is an incredible designer and really um, ahead. She was ahead of everybody, you know, not just mm. Matt, you know, not for a woman, but as a designer, her techniques. You look at her techniques; they were ahead because, in a way, they sort of started to copy her style. Now, <laughs> you look at the style that she's got, that aesthetic. It's like you sort of see it in a lot of. You see it on Behance, a lot of those posters. Like, the Paula Show was doing that like 30 years ago. Yeah. You know? So it's really, it's really interesting when you see. I know things get recycled, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was um, her, her one was her one was really good. I mean, they're all good. They're all they're all amazing. It is a cool series, and it's amazing to have uh, a series dedicated to creativity as well, um, which is nice. But uh, but yeah. Is there, is there anything else you want to mention on the podcast before uh, I ask the last couple of questions? Um, no, not really. I think we've touched. I think we've touched on um, most of the things that I was going. I was going to talk about. You know, the stats, personal experiences. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much what what I wanted to sort of you know sort of talk about really. Good, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, as I said at the start of this podcast, or, or sometime during it, this needs to be the start of the conversation, uh, and not the end of it, and not the oh well, that's done conversation. This needs to be the one that gets other podcasters talking and gets uh, other people onto other podcasts, and not just white people. Um, although there's nothing wrong with that, I'm just saying that it needs to get. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I think it's again, it's um, it diversity and diversity of thought. Is the oh, uh, it's almost like a nice tagline for your, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's the way I think we all should approach. I think if we all approached life like that, I think it would be pretty awesome. 
Yeah. And and we, I think I mentioned it a little bit, but doing work on yourself as well, like watching these documentaries and things that people are putting out there and um, educating yourself. And uh, one, so there's two, there was two thoughts to uh, people that I saw on Twitter and Instagram. Um, some some uh, of the black community were saying, come and speak to me and be open like you are. It's just amazing. And I love that. And I've spoken to a couple of people like this. And another part of the, the black community were saying, it's not my... Uh, not my uh, job to educate you. You need to do it yourself. That is and true. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> I have heard that and I did post that on my stories. Um, I agree. That was a, that, although I try and make my Instagram stories quite <laughs> joking because <laughs> um, think she was on a trampoline to say that as well oh, but, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i did watch the video that is she's absolutely um, amanda shears i think oh amanda Sears. but yeah she's absolutely right i think it's a time to actually do almost like an independent learning you know yeah. i'm of the opinion on here are some books here, here you know a couple of tips here you go here's here's, here's a starter if you want to know a little bit more, di- divulge more. Because if you type the, the the books that I recommended on onto my carousel in, that will give you an that will give you an incentive to actually learn more about 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 the black experience and also a little bit about um, uh, you know about the untold histories of 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 of, sort of the you know the U- the UK and I think. That that is the start. I don't. I think it's a little bit unfair to actually say, "I'll <laughs> find it yourself." I mean, I've lived through this. I know a lot of people would have said that, and I've seen it. And, but I think, um, you know, having those because I always because I I feel it's a duty as a designer, but I've also as a duty as an older designer is to actually. If I'm giving information, make sure that information is digestible enough so people can take away or save on their, you know, save an Instagram post so they can go back to it and look at it, look at it, look at it rather than, you know, because um, a lot of people were just screenshotting the hell out of Instagram over the past 48 <laughs> hours. And you could hardly see the tech. And I know that's a designer in me where I was thinking, well, I've got to make it. Well, one digestible. You know, you can't. Say, what, what? What? What does it? You know, you're literally looking and saying, "What does that say?" You know. So, um, and I know Instagram's supposed to be instant, but I think something is as important as this. I think some people if, need to take the time to actually write. And there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of really, really good resources out there. There's so. There's so certainly now. There's so much stuff out there. Um, and there's some amazing artwork being created from it as well. I, I in uh, that's one thing throughout history, um, protest artwork and protest. There should be a book. It probably is a book about it, but it definitely should be a book, be a book about book. it. Uh, classic artist Emery Douglas, um, who was a painter for the Black Panther movement. Um, mm. Yeah, he he's he's like renowned for you know those sort of like protest protest posters. Um, People like Keith Herring as well. Keith Herring, Herring. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
<laughs> me and uh, Matt Roth went to the exhibition in Liverpool. It was so good. So that good. Is, it was, it was one of the best exhibitions I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. It was really it was good. just the the disco room and the and the um the the posters and the protests and apartheid and Berlin Wall. You know, he was he was like for you know, he was like art for the people. There was so much footage. It was that was an that was an amazing exhibition. I'll never forget that. It was yeah, it was incredible. And this is one of the things that uh, I spoke to Lance Wyman about, and he, I said, I asked him, "Do you have anything that you'd like to do now that you've done all the big corporation projects?" And he said he wants to do more stuff for for uh, social issues, like uh, I don't know, like diversity, like um, uh, can't think of another example, <laughs> but like so social issues, bigger bigger things rather than bigger things that will impact the world. And, and he did an amazing campaign with Puma, um, uh, which I ended up buying the shoes for um, upstairs. But uh, the Black Power um, celebration of, uh, and this is where my knowledge fails me, and I don't know it, but um, so I'm going to have to educate myself on this as well. But he did a really nice campaign with, with Puma on it, and, and obviously his style of the radiating uh, lines. Um, but yeah, using design as, as, as bigger bigger than, and we've seen it with the NHS and, and the coronavirus and the campaigns and the, the images that have been shared, the artwork that's been shared around that and support. It's bigger than creating for a client that's the design industry is bigger for than just creating for a brief it, it really it really truly is and uh, you know the artwork that i've seen at the moment has been like it's been mind-blowing you know yeah. it's just it's like wow one 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 that really got me is uh as a hoax um this could have been me uh i think it was i think it said that and it was um uh replicated blood coming out of his hand but he's an amazing hand letterer and um his replicated blood and it said that in, in blood and it was oh i think i've seen that yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's it's i think you're gonna see i think you're gonna hear i think you're gonna see some great art i think you're gonna hear some great music because when it comes to and <laughs> i know it sounds i know it sounds a bit sort of you know what so they can sell more records but yeah when it when you have events like this you, ha- you you do you, you do it's almost like revolutionary you have you you have got you know it's like the like 68 you know the the rights of 60 68 um yeah you have so there's so much energy and some of it's like anger but i think if channeled in the right way you can create an incredible art and i think i think within the next Maybe like between now and you know twenty twenty one, I think you're going to hear. Some, I think you could hear some really like epoch defining albums and yeah. define you know epoch defining art as well. So I think now it's it's the time to you know really really be um, mindful, aware, but also excited. So. I appreciate that. That's a good uh, ending statement. Uh, I'm not sure what music you listen to, but I, Run the Jewels have recently just. Uh, dro- <laughs> let, I have uh, seen. Um, <laughs> I have seen that. Actually, <laughs> I was just thinking, ooh, that's just come out. It is amazing. It's really good. I listened to it on the run, and it's it, it, again. It is another click in my head. It's like, ah, oh, I understand why my grandparents and why um, why people uh, of certain eras don't like hip hop and don't like. Uh, rap and don't like that thing because it's it's speaking out against those people. It's speaking out against that sort of. Um, it's, it's coming from a very 
personal place and uh i don't think they understand that i don't think they just see it as music and it needs to be seen from the the creator's point of view it, it's it's i mean it's it's sort of hip-hop and rap is almost like the the interpretation of punk you know punk was very much almost like three chords four chords almost like ripping apart um the you know um the sort of melodic um style of of um of of, of sort of progressive progressive rock where you had like 30 minute solos it was like punk was very like and hip hop is is very immediate but it has a message and that's the difference and um yeah i think like I said, I think there's going to be some really, really interesting um, art and really interesting music that's going to come out within the next sort of like 24 months. And um, sure, yeah. Okay, so moving on to the last couple of questions uh, that I like to ask people at the end of the podcast. I wasn't sure before doing this whether it was going to be appropriate to ask, but um, we've had a really amazing conversation uh, and a lovely conversation, and it's it's been really um, opening. So, uh, first of all. Uh, what what is your best purchase under a hundred pounds? What is my best purchase under a hundred? Doesn't have to be design related. It could be anything. Um, I I knew you were going to ask ask this. Um, <laughs> and it, it's got to be tennis related. I think I think seeing Roger Federer at the O2, that was 20 quid. And it was an amazing match. Wow. <laughs> yeah, me and my I think, yeah, me and, I think it was me and my nephew went. And uh, yeah, we're in the lap of the gods. And it was <laughs> hot as anything. It was roasted. And because the O2s are really, really warm. It's quite a hot sort of um, arena. Mm. It's a matter of people that are in there. But I would say that because... Um, being a tennis fan, um, it was neat. It was what, what year was it? Was it two thousand nine? It was a really yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, it was an incredible. I mean, he won his match. It was you know, it was a, it was quite a tough match for him actually. But yeah, I would say I was probably bargain of the century. It was twenty quid each ticket to see one of the That's greatest great sportsmen of all time. You know, mm. and uh, yeah. One thing I've been buying recently is um, signed sports cards, and uh, I've been getting ones of people I look up to, and uh, I don't have any tennis ones yet. And I've been thinking about Roger Federer, and um, because he he is just the the embodiment of a professional, and um, so I take I'm a bit weird. I take uh, traits from after watching the Last Dance and, and things like that, and, and documentaries. I take traits from sports stars and try and implement them in, in my design career, and um, like the work ethic of Michael Jordan or, or the professionalism of uh, Roger Federer, things like that. And I like to have uh, a visual representation of of that on my desk. So, um, so yeah, I, he's one that I might be looking at <laughs> and finding. Uh, but anyway, yeah. It's a, it's a really weird. I think it's a really weird era because it's because you've got you got three play you got three players that are all incredible in that you know it's sort of in my lifetime I know it's never happened you know but I think now I think a lot of tennis fans now are getting bored. Do you mean Andy Murray, Jamie Murray? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a third British. Alex Bogdanovich. <laughs> And a lot of <laughs> tennis players will, a lot of tennis players will think, "Oh my God, who him?" You know, 
Yeah, he's one of those guys who used to get a wild card at Wimbledon and get knocked out in the first round. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's that's sort of the sport, sort of I I I I watch. Um, and the cycling one's huge for me as well, I think as well. Like as a, as a and a, watching the Olympics as an Olympics fan, um, like watching people like um, uh, Bradley Wiggins or Chris Hoy. Got Chris Hoy's book out there actually. Uh, it's people like that who, who dedicate their life. Even the I've seen videos of the rowers literally passing out whilst they're rowing uh, in practice because they're putting so much effort into it. And I'm thinking when I'm on my run, I'm thinking about those guys trying to push myself over. I'm not nowhere near the level that they are. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's they do it for a living. I remember watching a um, yeah. a Steve Redgrave um, mm. documentary, and I, I think this was just before he was about to. He said. He'd retired and then he made the comeback. And this is for the 2000 Olympics. And it was his year diary. And it was just, wow. it looks like torture. It was just, my God. And this guy was going for, I think it was his fifth consecutive Olympics because yeah. he'd won gold back in 1984. And he was going to do, right up until 2000, and he'd won gold at every Olympics. From, it's, it's incredible, you know. To put your body through that over such a long period is, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's incredible. He was an incredible athlete, and I sort of watched him growing up as a kid. You know, just like, this guy's nuts. You know, watching the Olympics because I used to like it was for me. It was the athletic. Obviously, it was the swimming, then the rowing, and then the athletics, and then. Uh, but yeah, it was it was incredible, Incre- incredible mm. sportsman. Yeah, there's a lot to be taken from sports people, and uh, a lot can, we can we can take from them and implement our own careers. But um, okay, so the next question is: uh, Do you have any final life advice for for people listening? Any any life advice for kids or not kids, but people you know, twenty one year olds, twenty year olds? God, all oh, kids. Very very difficult. Um, it's a really really difficult question. <laughs> I, I, I would say to maybe because I could say oh you know me, you know mix uh, with people you wouldn't, wouldn't normally uh, mix with because that's one that's I mean that's but but I know for some people that could be tangibly difficult but I think. What I would what I would say is is it's is almost like being and sometimes in your life try get comfortable in being uncomfortable because sometimes you might look you, you you might learn and that's in life you might learn a few few things um, and I know. Um, a lot of artists say that it's you know that sort of tur- you know turbulence, but I think you you do grow you do grow in that. I remember when I was on my foundation course in art design. <laughs> I was such a nuts year because I kept on going out loads and then I was really <laughs> but I'd also really finding the course hard and they knew I was going out loads and. And I was just, oh my, it was a moment, in fact, I did a lot of growing in that year. Um, I did manage to get my head together and get focused. But 
that was a real, it's almost turning but into adulthood, you know, sort of trying to find out who you are. And you're not going to get there straight away. And um, yeah, I, I do think that it's fine. You evolve. People evolve. If you stay as you are, I think that's a problem. <laughs> Personally, you know, if you, sure. you, you know, if you you think the same as you did now to what you what you could be coming when you're in your early thirties, I'd be like, oh, it's a bit weird, you know. So, so yeah, I think yeah, just try read, you know, like read things that you wouldn't normally read try and operate with it without an echo chamber which is incredibly difficult because i try to do, i try to do that myself but yeah yeah that would that oh, yeah. would be my my sort of last sort of comment really just um get comfortable and being uncomfortable i think that's one of the sort of you know that's that that's how you grow it's a great life lesson yeah yeah how, how do you want to be remembered is the last question um, I thought about this actually. Someone posted, uh, uh, someone who I follow posted something, and it's like, and they basically said, well, um, Imagine everyone at your 100th birthday. <laughs> if I live that, if I live that long, what, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, and I thought that's a bit, I keep. I've always tried to write that, write that down. And I think for me, I think it's, I don't know, maybe give people a voice. I think really, really, I think really, truly try and, and it's not, not, doesn't necessarily have to be from my background, but from, you know, from everybody who doesn't feel that, 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 that they can't speak out. Um, and in times, turbulent times like this, I think that's what I'd like to, be, you know, like to be remembered for, to, you know, to actually say, look, if you're feeling uncomfortable about this, I think you should say something, you know. So for me, I think it's to enable people to have, to, to enable people to have a voice. Because it's taken me years to actually find mine. Years, absolutely years. Um, and I think Katie Cowan, who runs Creative Boom Podcast, she said something similar to that, where you sort of start to, you get to your late 30s and your early 40s, you start to lose that little bit of confidence. And then you try to figure out who who you who you are, and I sort of res that sort of resonated with me a bit because I think I I t I totally got that I totally got where she was going from because it I think as creatives I think we certainly when you're working in in industries I think it's a question that I think we all should be asking ourselves what 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 is our purpose. You know, what is, you know, what is our purpose? Because designing stuff for clients, you can do that to the cows come home, you know. But what is your real, you know, what's your, what's your brand ambition as a person? And uh, I think mine, yeah, I think definitely, you know, 
mine's just to you know try and give a voice to people who 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 feel that they don't have one. But I think you're do I think you're doing that with the podcast. So appreciate it. Yeah, that's a lovely message. That's a lovely thing to to strive for. I think you're you're definitely achieving that in a way, if not totally, through this podcast by chatting with me on here. So I appreciate it. It's been a lovely conversation, um, one that I hope continues and I hope evolves, and it definitely will on this platform. Just uh, up to other people and other platforms as well to continue it. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you on social media as well and check you out and say hello? Um, they can find me on St. Lee Creative. So it's S-T underscore L-E-A underscore creative. Um, the website is under construction at the moment. <laughs> Every designer story. And, uh, yeah, that's not. Where have I heard that before? Um, uh, so... Yeah, yeah, it's it's incoming. God, I've been doing it on and off for years. It, it's such a it's, it's such a designer thing to say. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, they can find they can find me on socials on 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 there. Um, they can get in touch with me on there as well if they want to have a discussion or a chat about design, um, about what's going on. Like tennis, because I'm doing some tennis graphics at the moment, some, some, uh, anything really, anything. Nice one. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. I hope you found it insightful. I hope you learned from it as well. This podcast is probably the one I'm most proud of uh, out of the ones I've recorded. It's a powerful podcast. It's one that um, hopefully will start a lot of conversation and uh, maybe change in the industry as well. So uh, I hope you found it useful. Please leave a comment down below or, or some sort of thoughtful uh, thoughtful comment uh, or maybe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, where you're listening. Um, subscribe. And um, yeah. Thank you very much. Let's change the industry together. And I'll see you next time for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Thanks.